Welcome to Talking Tolkien, The Hobbit, Part 10, where we watched the movie Desolation of Smaug. Now, this is an audio portion of a video podcast that we recorded and posted at TalkingTolkien.com. Now, the audio portion is very listenable, but you're not getting the full effect unless you check out the video episode over at our website. Still, I hope you enjoy our discussion where we talk about the movie Desolation of Smog and how much we really didn't enjoy it. Enjoy. Did I get you in the mood for Perrier? Yeah. You should have to pour was... against the wall of the glass. I wish this was a beer. Uh... That is the we have no... appropriate reaction to having watched the yeah. Hobbit. I've got no box to like drop yeah. this time. That movie made me so angry, I don't even want to be here recording this podcast. I want to curl up in bed, and I want to sleep and forget what happened. Welcome to Talking Tolkien. <laughs> uh, this is our special video episode on the movie The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, which we, we have just... The Desolation of Fandom. We, yeah. yeah, we just yeah. we just watched it and which we have just witnessed uh, me for the first time since I saw it in the theater. I watched it about a year ago after a big block party, mm-hmm. and I was super drunk, and I got sobered up through the movie. And I had <laughs> that's seen, how long this movie is. I had seen a couple of snippets. I had not seen the entire movie before. Yeah, you said that you had seen like bits and pieces of it. What bits and pieces had you, had you seen? I saw a little bit of the gold at the end, which I will touch upon later, and uh, <laughs> yeah. many, I believe, apoplectic rage fits in this episode. Yeah. That's, that's the word of the day. The, I saw yeah, a little bit of the, of the Dol Guldur stuff, and a little bit of the beginning with Bayorn. Like, you could just say a little bit, you mean the whole thing, because the whole thing's like that. So, right? yeah, starting right off the bat, one, they give us this unnecessary flashback, showing Gandalf and Thorin meeting... In Bree. In Bree, yeah. Because, oh, guess what? That happened in The Phantom Menace. (laughs) No way. Yeah. The Fellowship of the Rick. But this point where... Which, by the way, we also, during this scene that we have at Bree, we also have, you know, several moments that... Of course, once again, echo moments that we've seen before in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's not something... There's, yeah, I mean, why does he keep doing this? Peter Jackson, you made such beautiful movies, and you are capable of making such good movies. I... Why must you mine the old, all of your old content? I got word. It's prequelitis. I prequelitis, mean, it's just... yeah. We had, literally, there was a shot that was exactly like the moment where... Frodo looks over and sees this strange hooded figure looking at him and like the embers, you know, the, the first glimpse that we see of Aragorn um, in Fellowship of the Ring. We mm, have that, mm. that moment exactly mirrored here, which, what, it's completely unnecessary. Why? <clears throat> anyway, continue. Oh, uh, it's just, yeah. That's an element of like, it feels like this movie is worse about it than the previous movie. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess we should like say that the first movie... We have problems with it, mm-hmm. but it's okay. And I say yeah. okay, not in like okay as it's passing. I'm saying okay as I can just... I can deal. I can just deal with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one is boring. It's two hours and what was it? Two hours, two hours and 41 minutes? Two hours and 48 minutes or something like that? Or yeah. two hours 41 well, for the story. And, and yeah. so they compress the part of the book that it's based on. They compress that to maybe 30 minutes. The, yeah, they, they... Yeah, there's so little of the book in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of like freaky how 
because I talked about like last last time we watched one of these movies, I talked about like a timeline going through my head where you're yeah. watching the movie, then all of a sudden like like events in the book go 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 go, then it just stops, and then it does something else, and then it goes goes goes. This one it's like the timeline starts off stopped. Yeah, we're not going anywhere, and then it goes for like a few minutes, and then it stops again, and then it goes on for a few more minutes, and then it stops again. Like I feel like. The majority where the part of the book this movie takes place in is all at the beginning of the movie, nothing in the middle, and just snippets well, at the end. And and they take away the most interesting parts of the book. They don't even film them. Yes, which makes me so sad because we we start off. I mean, basically after so after our little um, strange scene that we have to begin the movie at Bree. Um, then we move to so we have the company and they've just been dropped off by the Eagles basically and they're on the run from the goblins and wargs um and so then we have we see this like giant bear creature and we're all like oh my gosh what is this giant bear creature who kind of looks then, like a wolf yeah, yeah who kind of like looks wolf. strangely a little yeah. bit like a wolf too and then so so then we run we have urgent running and yelling um and then they just the company the entire company just runs straight into bayorn's hall um, and slams the door because they're being chased by this giant bear monster thing. Um, and so once they've already entered the hall, then we have, like, Gandalf kind of introduces us to Bayorn, or, you know, the, the character of Bayorn. And we have completely lost this really charming part of the book where we have so much wit shown and that's also kind of just like this great little, like, I call it Bayorn's Unexpected Party because that's what it is, you know? Yeah. And it's completely lost. And what, what is really weird about this is that the first movie was so desperate to invent goofiness mm -hmm. where there was none in the story. Like, that's what they did with Radagast. And then they take this great comic moment. They don't even film it. They don't even try. They don't even wink at what happened. Well, this one yeah. replaces... It, it's like the first one you were talking about is interjecting humor where it didn't belong, whereas this movie's interjecting violence. Yeah, violence and unneeded action scenes. Because this one, I mean, yes, the, there were action scenes in the first movie that were violent, but not to the level that this one is. And prelude for Battle Five Hours, it just gets worse. Yeah. They just keep adding on to it for some reason. I'm just going to have to mentally prepare myself for no, that one yeah. even more. <laughs> your, your, your reaction to this, I feel like, is going to be amplified. Yeah. In the next one, because the, the but but I feel like the next one is a little bit lesser because everything in that one, from what I'm gathering, since we have twenty percent of the book left mm -hmm. at this point, is more a fabrication of the filmmakers rather than anything from the book. Whereas this one, it just feels like ah, it's a boring droll man. It's just mm -hmm. a, I mean, it, it's said they took out the part where they're coming into Bayorn's house because the visually. That would have been really fun. Yeah. They have this opening scene where it's, it's one, reintroducing the, the dwarves. You're yeah. reintroducing the dwarves mm -hmm. and solidifying the fact that, you know, it's been a year since you've seen one of these movies. So you're coming back in. Uh, so you get a chance to re reintroduce the dwarves. You have by, this funny by, moment. By name, nonetheless, because they're... Yeah. Some of the dwarves, I still don't know yeah, which we, one they're supposed to be. We still can't tell which dwarf is supposed to be which at some points. <laughs> I mean, it would have been some great humor. It would also give some character stuff for Bayorn, which this movie has None zero of. character yeah. for Bayorn. We literally know nothing about Bayorn except for... He's Bear he's, Man. Yeah, he's a skin changer, um, and he hates goblins more than he hates dwarves, which is fortunate for our dwarf company. Um, so, I mean, he's just in there. I think we, we timed it, too. He's in there for... The first ten minutes. Yeah. 
and then it's done. Yeah, and then it's done. And then they immediately are at Mirkwood Forest. Boom, yeah. there. They don't even discuss the dangers of the forest. They're walking through the forest, and then immediately they're attacked by spiders. Oh, also Gandalf gets called away yes. by like some sort of telepathic thing with Galadriel. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's and, stupid. And Gandalf's like, stupid. I must go. Um, which, you know, he does, but it's just kind of like, you know, Gandalf had already known that. He was like, I have business to attend to, so I'm not going to be able to, jo to join you in Mirkwood. Yeah. So, yeah, so Mirkwood is not Mirkwood enough. It's not nearly as dark as it should be. Um, I, I do like there were kind of elements of, like, the forest kind of, like, playing with them, you know? The, where the part where Frodo, he, like, looks at his... Bilbo. Or, Bilbo. God, I keep doing it's, that. It's so easy to do yeah, that, though, the because... Thing is, I can't do it. I don't do it during the podcast. I just do it on here. <laughs> Uh, but there's like a part where Bilbo looks at his feet and they're walking backwards. Yeah. He looks behind him and one of the dwarves is him. Yeah. That was kind of funny to like have this like moment of like the, 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 the forest mystery. It's one of those moments again where it's like movies like, we're a kid's movie, cut to decapitation. You know? Right. It's... So... And so that's kind of nice. But, you know, we don't have the, the strange light that they follow off the path, which gets them off the path in the first place. And like, you know, the elf feast that they see three times doesn't and happen. try to get to. No. Doesn't happen at all. And then when the spiders attack attack them it's very quick and the spiders are roaring mm -hmm. and also strangely have have voices that sound a lot like Gollum yeah it's yeah the, the voice mm -hmm. was, was I mean I mean they talk in the book so it's not a problem but it's just the, their voices were like really mm -hmm. unfortunate mm -hmm. but the, the roaring thing too kind of was weird just because like, I feel like they diminished how scary that scene was too like mm -hmm. yeah. having them kind of roar was like even cooler and more creepy if they just weren't making sounds that they just were coming up upon them and again it just all seemed too rushed everything was happening it, they were rushing through these parts uh, at the beginning of the movie to get to you know, yeah, I mean, extra filler let's stuff. Let's go. We got yeah. to do this, like, set up this political garbage with, with so, the elves and stuff. So then, yeah, B Bilbo, you know, stabs the spider, and the spider's like, ah, that stings. And Bilbo's like, sting. That's sting. a good name for, a, for a sword. And then, and then Legolas appears out of nowhere and arrests them. Yeah. Which can, okay. I understand why Legolas. And was. honestly, it's not a stretch because Legolas no. is a wood elf. No, from yeah. Exactly. He, he, Legolas he is Thranduil's son. It's, but what what should have been a cameo became a supporting role. Yeah. A very large supporting role. Where basically we brought Legolas in so that we could have really cool elf fighting. Um, and also to have a awkward, stupid romantic storyline. That's preview of coming attractions. We'll talk about that in a little while. Right now, <sighs> sorry, just, it just makes me so they, mad. They jump off to Mirkwood, and they and the thing about the thing about with with the Mirkwood stuff is yes, they this is a, okay. This is a change I'm kind of fine with. I'm kind of fine with them cutting out the part where they're dancing around the forest trying to find the orf. The orf. <laughs> sorry. What? <laughs> to say elf. The elf feast that keeps like jumping around. I mean, that would have probably been really hard to visualize and. Mm -hmm. Kind of cutting to the quick there. That would have been a good moment to like cut to the quick. That worked. Them just getting captured, it's fine. I think my main beef with that though is just that again the the forest wasn't dark enough. Like the reason that they went off the path following these lights is the forest is so dark and they can't see anything, and so they see a light and mm -hmm. they're desperate to get to it. Well, and so they uh, back to the lighting thing. Yeah, they have Bilbo climb to the top of the tree, like happened in the book, except in the movie he sees everything. A lot, everything. Where in the book, he sees nothing, and they're all dismayed. Mm -hmm. 
And like, why did yeah. you make, there's literally no point to, to change, change that. that. Mm -hmm. No. And because, I mean, it doesn't even help because they're just going to get captured anyway and then put into the, I mean, it's really just, they want a pretty scene with the Lonely Mountain. And, but it wasn't pretty. It looked like a Thomas Kincaid painting. Like, that's the thing is like, <laughs> like, that's the thing is like, I keep saying this, like, it doesn't mean saying they wanted it to be pretty. Was it pretty? No. Eh, no, no. Probably not. But that <laughs> movie was really ugly. The entire thing was lit in like this kind of magenta and gold. Yeah, and, and everything looked like it was covered in like Vaseline. Mm -hmm. Or the, the, the lens looked like it was covered in like Vaseline. And we kept talking about how there are shots constantly throughout the movie where there'd be light and we have no idea where the light was coming yeah. from. The, lighting like, the light didn't just, make sense. The lighting is just consistently odd in all of these movies. I mean, I think part of that, like I said last time, is because they were filming in 48. In 48 mm -hmm. And they kind of didn't know how to light for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, yeah, and that kind of comes through in this one. So we have, so we're the, the elves capture the dwarves now and throw them in the dungeons and Thranduil is interrogating Thorin and then we have, um, what's her name? Fake she-elf, Tariel. Tariel. Okay, so, Tariel. We need to talk about Tariel. <laughs> because... <laughs> Son, there comes a time in, in, in your life <laughs> when, when you will be made into a movie and people will invent oh, no. characters oh, that no. are literally unnecessary for reasons that are entirely... Don't let put characters in me! So... I don't have a gigantic issue with the creation of the character of Tariel. No, uh, okay, yeah. there's there's nothing to tell us that there are you know she elf guards or warriors like this character is supposed to be, but I don't particularly mind that. The thing that I mind is that she is created and then serves to be in this awkward love triangle. Yeah, this Between really weird romance her that pops out of nowhere. And Legolas and Keeley. What? Which they also don't. What is the point? They never actually truly, to me, and this is like a felling of like, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to create a love triangle, but they're like. Why? They completely fail to address if Legolas and her even have real feelings for each other. Well, there's that really shitty, or there's yeah. that really bad scene early on where they like directly ask her, and it's really weirdly sexist too of like to have like oh you have feelings for Legolas like are you asking Legolas that too like I don't well, where, where's the scene like breakdown yeah Thranduil says like Legolas is very fond of you well, um in a movie that already has 15 central characters <laughs> yeah <laughs> why, right. why would you one bring in a character that doesn't exist yeah, that's, yeah. in this part of the world to create a character that never existed and then give them their own side journeys man pandering so that we could have Legolas fighting like an awesome fighting elf. Oh, that um, Daryl scene. So yeah. Uh. So you know, then we have we now we come to the barrel scene. Okay, well, we'll say this: the setup to the barrel scene where they're getting into the barrels and Frodo or God, again I, I Frodo. Can't, I can't help it with the movies, but Bilbo like helps him in the barrels and like lowers the barrels and he has that moment where he's like realizing that was fun. That, that was, was fun. actually fun, and I liked that bit. It's just. Right yeah. after that, it's this prolonged, like roller coaster ride, river rafting thing where all of a sudden Which, orcs throw up, throw up, throw up, show up. Orcs do throw and up. And Legolas starts literally crossing the river by hopping on dwarves' heads. Yeah. Which surely would compress their spines, right? Hurt them in some they're way. Little, they're little guys, way. yeah. And 
regardless, so when we read this little chapter entitled Barrels Out of Bond, um, was the river described as like having rapids? No. The river was no. in fact navigable. Yeah. Because they made rafts that they floated up the river to the caves. Because isn't that the way that these two communities trade goods? I mean, we've already referenced. I mean, an inter like two interjections, two scenes that interject action for no reason. Just just for actions. I mean, in fact, they don't they don't make the movie feel faster. They no. make the movie feel longer because. No. The part with Bayorn at the beginning where they're just chasing him, that's an unnecessary action scene. This was an unnecessary action scene because it, it it's its meant to pad out the time. Mm -hmm. And because we get these overextended shots of like barrels flying out of the water and bouncing over orcs. Oh and my then, gosh. The, the, and bouncing over more orcs and bouncing over elves and then and like then going back Bomber, in the river. And then Bomber like busts out of the barrel and is like wielding his weapons and fights the orcs like with this... And it's just the barrel carcass around him. That constant question of like, yes, you keep like you keep everyone's well saying like, are you a kids movie or are you not a kids movie? Make up your mind. And we have our obligatory Legolas like surfing on something. He oh, like yeah, literally yeah. Oh, surfs down this slope on the body of an orc, which I just. This is this is that Ronald. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the element where. It's a bad movie. Like it's this is a really bad movie, yeah. and yeah. it's and it's it's, it's showing itself poorly. Oh, also, so the other thing that happened during this like whitewater dangerous rafting scene, um, so Keeley realizes that they're stuck or whatever or something, and you know, and there's orcs, and I don't even know what was going on. They're stuck at this. this they're, they're stuck at this like grating. Yeah, and it's like a grate. So Keeley jumps up out of his barrel and like you know is fighting orcs and punching him and stuff, and then he goes to like open the gate of this thing and he gets shot in the leg. So this sets up, you know, our very convenient vehicle to further the romance storyline that we have injected into The Hobbit, um, which we'll see a little bit later. So, I mean, okay, so we had this ridiculous action scene with the barrels, and now we get down towards Lake Town. <laughs> and then they meet Bard. And we meet Bard. And they meet Bard, who, like, they, they basically, like, set up Bard as this, like, I mean, Lake Town in this one is this, like, it's run down. Like, it's mm -hmm. in the book, it's kind of, like, meant to be run down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's, like, under this, like, totalitarian grip of the master who's, mm -hmm. like, sucking the life out of it. And it's economically impoverished to the point where everybody, it, life sucks there. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Life sucks there. And Braid, Bar Bard, Braid, Baird. Bard is, is like a rebel rouser almost, mm -hmm. or someone they've kept their eye on, and he has to sneak the dwarves in in barrels of fish. And Wormtail, but not Wormtail, dude, is curious. Oh about yeah, they that. come in through a toilet. They come in through a toilet, and uh, ask a kid, do you, yeah. you, you don't tell anybody about this. Like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm a kid. And it just takes us forever to get to the point where we finally have Thorin making a great speech and people are and you know which is which is good for his character. He's like you know I'm king under the mountain. I um, I'm. I could bring us here. back. I mean yeah. it's great. It's I mean it's it's. A I good can example restore of... this town. Um, if we you know once I have my home again, we'll have you know trade going. Just give me one more movie yeah, and I'll get just there. Give me one more movie. <laughs> and then for some reason at this moment the master is like, oh awesome. 
gets on Thorin's side and then tells Bard to disappear. Yeah. Oh, hey, you who brought these guys who I'm now supporting, you need to... You're, yeah, you're like an outcast. And then eventually he arrests Bard for no reason. Literally no reason. No, yeah, no reason. No reason. And then they decide to leave some of the dwarves behind. Well, because Keely is too ill now because he had been stabbed. So not only was he shot in the knee with an... Not only did he take an arrow to the knee, but it was... I did. I just said that. (laughs) Not only did he take an arrow to the knee... It was a Morgul blade, and did, wait, did, what? Have we wait, seen? Wait, what? Yeah. It, it, what? What? Um, it was. It was a Morgul blade. It, what? Yeah. Really? Did we? It, there was this one movie that I saw one time where this guy got stabbed in the chest with a Morgul blade. Oh, and that's then, the, that's the Lost Unicorn. And then an the elf was unicorn? like, the lo- no, the Lost Unicorn. An elf was like, I need Ethelas to cure him. And someone oh, and, was... and was like, can you find me some ethylas? And someone was like, ethylas? Hi, it's a weed. Oh, it's so dumb. Oh, it seems so dumb. Why? Why? And the thing is, it's like, okay, now we're back to the problem I have with these movies. Are you supposed to watch these before you've seen Lord of the Rings or no. after you've seen Lord of the Rings? This is pandering to Lord of the Rings. This is, I mean, it, because the Lord of the Rings movies were so successful, but there was some urgent need to make The Hobbit into Lord of the Rings movie fan accessible. But, but it's like films. it's like that thing of, you know, you've got this You'll have scenes like that where it's like ho ho ho, you know, it's jokingly like poking at what happened in the Fellowship of the Ring. And then it has this like the stuff with with the with the war or the necromancer out in the middle of nowhere where it feels like that's set up for a movie that you should not have seen yet. Yeah. And it has no idea what it wants to be. Is it a prequel? Is it not a prequel? Is this a weird like sequel? It's just a prequel. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know. Like what? I feel like a lot of the, it's half thought out. Everything in this movie, is half thought out and overly thought out at the exact same time. Like it's like they overly thought out like all the little stuff, but they underthought all the big stuff. Yeah. 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 Definitely. They eventually get to Lonely Mountain and they meet a big dumb dragon. Yeah. So and the amount of gold presented in the pile that the dragon is sleeping in is more than the amount of gold that has been mined in the entire history of mankind. Oh, but wait, but first, let's talk about the secret entrance though, because that is something that it's I the, can give to this the, movie. The secret entrance is now behind the ear of a monumental statue. Yeah, which yeah. that's that's a little silly, that is, you know. That's still goofy. However, the moment when so and, and you know, the they, they did some weird so okay. The secret, the conditions for which the secret entrance can be opened, of course, is, you know, has to be on Durin's Day and it's the last ray of the sun, right? In the book. Um, And then, you know, a piece of rock falls out and that's a perfect place to put your key and you put the key in and then they can push the door open. So in the movie, for some reason, it's been changed to moonlight because I guess Elrond told them that in the first one, I forget. Um, So this happens. But anyway, so once they do enter the secret passageway that actually is a nice moment that's created and i can that's something again things where these movies remember the heart of the story and where we're given excellent character moments they're great and i love those moments it's back to that thing of unlike george lucas i still we still every once in a while peter jackson gets why people like these movies yeah it's just starting to become thinner and thinner yeah. as we're getting along because there's less. There was more stuff in Unexpected Journey 
that I can go and say, hey, there was heart to this, mm -hmm. than this one, which it's like, mm, that scene had heart in it. Yeah. But the scene where they're rolling down the barrels. That scene had heart in it. The, the scene... love triangle stuff is, no, there's not really heart here. The scene before Mirkwood where Gandalf tells Bilbo, you're not the same hobbit who left the Shire. Again, that's a great moment. And so it's like, I feel like we had two moments in this movie that yeah, were, there are two. There are you two. know, on the mark. Which is really sad. In a two hour and 45 minute movie, that we had two moments that I could say that was the moment I feel like there I was wanted. a third one, but I can't remember what it was right now. See that's and then and that's sad if you can't remember. Oh well, and also I mean it's just trying to trying to remember this movie is weird because I feel like there's less there is less movie to Desolation Small than Unexpected Journey and it's longer. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like we watched we it feels like like I feel like I watched a lot of movie, mm -hmm. but now that I'm remembering backwards, like there's actually not much movie there. Well, I mean we had you know unnecessary moments where goblins come and ch or, or orcs come and chase them and oh yeah we had a fight with legolas and some of the orcs um in which he decapitates one of them and it's five cap the, five the, decapitations yeah there's like five, five decapitations five, in this movie. five yeah. decapitations in yeah this movie. um Oh yeah, so the the moments with uh, Gandalf at Dol Guldur. Oh, we completely so, forgot about that. We stuff. completely forgot about that. Yeah. So this is actually shown in this movie, um, which again is because we're you know progressing progressively showing the Dark Lord becoming stronger. In this movie. Yeah. Um, so there is a moment in this scene where Gandalf is like standing on a bridge. And anytime I see Gandalf on a bridge, I'm like, yeah, Fellowship of the Ring, Moria. Um, and then, I, I just don't know. There was that weird, like, strange battle between, why well, must fights, Gandalf fights, fight Sauron? Yeah, he fights Sauron with, like, magic versus magic. Magic orbs. Yeah, magic orbs. Yeah, and orb it's really, un, it's like uninspired yeah. fight scene. It, it feels like if you take the end of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the movie, where... Dumbledore is summoning like the water and the giant orb and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you take the end of Tron Legacy when they're escaping on the bridge mm -hmm. and the dude slams his hands <laughs> down on the bridge. The dude. Yeah. It I feels actually, like you take those two, you put Ian McKellen in it, and that's And that's this have. scene. That's actually that's actually very mm -hmm. in, like a, a representation of the problem versus in the Fellowship of the Ring, they're making up the rules. They're yeah. ma they were making up every. They were making up all this stuff because visually they had nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie, I feel like we've had so many other things that have been inspired off of Lord of the Rings or other things yeah. that have done things. Now it's like thinking back. Well, we're going to take inspiration off of those instead of trying to do our own thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a kind of a weird problem to have. It's. It feels unoriginal. It, it's it's. I guess it's like how like the Star Wars prequels in like episode two when it's going back to like when it's the big battle scene on Geonosis and the camera's doing that weird like quick zoom in thing it's like that's not Star Wars that's not a Star Wars thing that's something that's happened after Star Wars that you're taking direct inspiration of and it's now a big thing in science fiction movies but you're now taking it on so it's this weird thing that's in this movie now and yeah. it's ugh. I will say though that during all of that stuff at Dol Guldur, I did like um, sort of the visual shift of the character of Sauron from this like disembodied, dark, shadowy thing to then you see like this great big 
like flame ball sort of thing that very much resembles the eye and then he becomes like this fiery pupil thing within the eye it's i mean i liked it yeah and i know you didn't i know you, you didn't, didn't, I, didn't for it. I know yeah. you didn't like it i did i liked it too but i liked it in that way of like i liked it in that way where i was looking at going i wish they had done this it's one of the few things in these movies i was like if they had done this in the lord of the rings versus in this one i think i would have liked, liked it more it better, like yeah. it, like i know in the original like draft of of return of the king and we're gonna probably talk about this when we actually watch Return of the King. The ending was gonna be Aragorn was gonna fight Sauron, and they actually shot it with that in mind. And it would have been cool if they had that imagery right then as well. Oh my God, this is like opening up some wound I didn't even know. <laughs> anyway, though, we should talk about the dragon in the Lonely Mountain. Well, now my problem. Oh, with you should that go ahead. Is yeah. That during this scene, Sauron is showing is is being shown having these powers which we've never actually he's never actually had. Oh yeah, no, that yeah. is problematic. I mean, yeah. really, our best understanding of Sauron comes from the Akalabath. Because we get a better understanding of Sauron through yeah, that than we yeah. ever do through Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, he's this uh, kind of non-present villain, but in Akalabath, he is right there talking mm -hmm. to people. And what he's doing is he's manipulating them. He's talking to them. He's charming them. Yeah. He is not turning into a black cloud of smoke and throwing, and throwing a wizard against, against yeah. a wall. It would have been, yeah, you were, it, it would have been nice to have him actually Instead of instead of a fight scene, it should have been just him coming to Gandalf and like having like two characters. One no, who's... it would have been nice if they just didn't have the scene in the yeah. oh first place. Oh, yeah. But if they had to have it, yeah, it should have been Sauron like trying to corrupt him. This is around the point where I had yeah. that revelation about where I think really what Peter Jackson wanted to make was a Silmarillion movie and yeah. not a Hobbit movie. Yeah. And he got stuck making a Hobbit movie. And he's like, well, whatever. I'm just gonna put Silmarillion in the Hobbit. In any way that Ew, I can. That sounded weird. Ugh. Um, <laughs> take that back. Yeah. So now we finally get to the mountain, and Bilbo is sent, like, you know, Thorin's like, this is your job, this is what you're here for. And Bilbo was like, I thought I was here to help you get your home back. And What's Thorin that, was like, man? I want that Arkenstone. Uh, so Bilbo... Arkenstone, more like Barkenstone. <laughs> take that back. I don't know where I was going with that one. Anyway. <laughs> so Bilbo makes his way down into the dragon's lair. Um, and, you know, Martin Freeman again does that, like, weird little crouch walk that I love so much. I, I just... I, I don't it's know. still, despite everything, I think the casting has been solid in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty solid. Kind of, but whatever. Um, so Bilbo enters the lair of the dragon. And you know, is kind of sifting around amongst all of the coins and such and looking at things and trying to figure out is this the Arkenstone? Is this the Arkenstone? Yeah. This is a gem? What this? Well, is this it? looks like and the cup of a carpenter. He's yeah. not wearing the ring. No. Unlike in the book. Yeah. And then the dragon wakes up and he puts the ring on. Mm -hmm. Which, that was actually, I, I liked the moment where we have, like, the reveal of the dragon because we see his eye first because all the coins shift off of it. And then, like, we have this uh, wide shot and you see, like, the tail. And there's this great moment where Bilbo stands there and is like, Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Like, that was cute. That was that cute. way that Martin Frimicoli translated it. It's, it's like this weird space of being cute, but also, like, you know... Pretty terrifying. Uh, yeah, aptly yeah. con conveying the terror. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so now we start the, like, flattery and the riddle game with the dragon. Kind of. I mean, he does, but it's still... 
it, it, it seemed another like scene that they feel like was ruined because they had to make it longer it's, than it really yeah, was. Then, it wasn't quite right. And then halfway through, Bilbo sees the Eye of Sauron, which never happens. Yeah. That is, you know, straight from Lord of the Rings, so he takes the ring off. And then the dragon sees him. And then the dragon monologues to him, even though he could kill him. Like, it... Yeah, because Sauron... Or not Sauron, damn. This movie. Smog <laughs> does more talking than Bilbo does. Yeah. And I feel like that was an element of, we got Benedict Cumberbatch on the recording booth, yeah. we have to have him saying something. Use this magnificent like, voice! I feel, that's a problem with, I think that's ultimately the biggest downfall of this movie is I see them making the movie while I'm watching them, while mm -hmm. I'm watching the movie, and you shouldn't be doing that. No. And I'm constantly doing that throughout this movie, and... But yeah, it, it's true though, the dragon talks too much. It should be, you know, in, in the book we have... Bilbo managing to flatter him just enough to distract him, you know, um, and, and it's a, and it's and it's. I mean, it's not the biggest complaint, but it's no. still. I mean, there's work. There's worse stuff in this movie. Yeah, it's way worse. The stuff way that comes up. Worse. So eventually, the dwarves get involved, and the dragon is chasing the dwarves around. Which where did this come from? Yeah, and then the dwarves get this great idea of oh, we need to light the kilns. Yeah. For our forges. Yeah. And and, and, and Balin is, says this, and then Thorin's like, we don't have anything, we don't have any fire. And they're like, oh wait, there's a dragon. So Thorin runs up and starts insulting the dragon, mm -hmm. who then very predictably breathes fire into the kiln, which lights the kiln, which... Melts the gold. No, then they, get, then oh, they, then they have, start bellowing. Then they have yeah. Boffer, our or Bomber, our, our handy fat dwarf, jump on a giant bellows yeah. to to fan the flame. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, Bilbo has to climb up to and unleash a ladder, which opens some you, monumental statue's dude. mouths that then a waterfall comes down. And, yeah. and I've seen this twice, and you remember this and better like, than me. There are water wheels the involved. Long story short, they start melting gold. And you know what their, their molten gold looks like? Just gold. It looks like gold. It just looks like gold. But that is not form. what molten gold looks like. I don't... Molten gold is bright red. I don't know what, like, like how they got that one. I, maybe I am, like, super, super lucky because I grew up in a jewelry store and once or twice got to see them cast a ring. But I feel like that is common knowledge. Because... No, you're right. You're exactly right. This movie does a lot of referencing to the end of Terminator 2... Where they're air, they're they're in the, the steel forge, and you know what? You're surrounded by molten metal, and it looks like actual molten metal there. It's not. They were practical <sighs> effects, but they were so realistic that steel workers thought it was real. Mm -hmm. This is. I mean, they literally they could have bought a bunch of gold bars, melted them, filmed the melted gold. And then recast them into gold bars and sold them again, not having to actually technically pay for the gold at all. And yeah, had, you know, and they, it, instead it just looks fake and it's ridiculous. It's just this super stupid CG scene. But wait until you see what they do with the molten gold. Yeah. That, yeah, somehow <laughs> they have this like enormous dwarf cast, which I don't know what, I, I don't know. And they, so they fill it with the molten gold. Um, Thorin gives one last taunt to the dragon, calling him a witless worm, which is great, and that's, you know, witless worm is straight from the text, and I love it, but this is a, just a horrible, convoluted, terrible use of these lines. I, yeah. 
And so, of course, the dragon is thoroughly angered at that, comes and, you know, taunts him and says that he's king under the mountain. And so now the dwarves release the cast of this giant dwarf thing and when that I first, Doran has been standing on. I, when I first saw this movie, I was... I was we're good. When I, when I first saw this movie, I was super trashed, and I used this movie to sober up. And around this point was when I fully was 100% sober, and I was like, what? Is this happening. is where I literally threw my hands up in the theater. So I was like, I'm done. They they open the mold up, and for a good 15 seconds, there's this sparkling God, like seconds, gold yeah. monumental dwarf statue that Smaug Mesmer looks at. Yeah, mesmerizes the dragon. Of and then as it should. Then it starts to not fall apart, but it actually like spews at him from the very top. Like pressure is like yeah. it's like pressure in the wrong place. Too. And then he gets covered with gold. And the entire thing area is filled with gold. But in the previous shot, the area where he's in was sunken by maybe like five feet. Yeah. But you can't see the dragon anymore. The entire dragon is like being compressed into a five foot. It's like and, magically so much deeper. And this is a ginormous dragon too. So. But then he wakes up. Yeah. And he's mad, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna kill Lake Town. Yeah. <laughs> and he breaks out, and he starts flying yeah. away. He's covered in gold. As he's flying, the gold just kind of dissolves. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Yeah. Actually, to be funny, to be fair, when I first watched this movie, I went through, oh my, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so stupid. He's like, like when, like the gold falls on him, and I was like, he's dead. They killed it. Because I've not read the book at this point. Like, they killed the, <laughs> they killed the dragon with gold. And then, oh, yeah. so it comes out covered in gold. And I was like, this has just gotten so stupid. I'm just back on board. If this, if they're, if this thing goes out and starts attacking Lake Town, covered in gold, I'm back on board. This just got, <laughs> this finally just got to the point where I was like, this is so dumb. It's got infinitely it, it just, dumber. It just, the bell curve flipped back over where it's like, this got so dumb, it's got good again. You know? <laughs> so, and, oh, and then this, yeah. So here's the problem. One, we've never been shown in, I mean, we, it, it has never been established that the dwarves construct monumental statues out of gold. Yeah. They, they, it no. has been shown that they do construct monumental statues. They have always been masonry because they're dwarves. Two, when you do a, a cast statue, you would never cast a statue out of gold. You would cast it out of bronze and you would plate it with gold. Also, furthermore, because metal is so heavy, you always make a hollow cast, which means that you... I mean, it's a very technical process. Long story short, you have an inner form... And mm -hmm. the outer form, mm -hmm. the inner form is going to be clay, and then the outer form is going to be clay covered with beeswax. I mean, traditionally. And you would pour the metal in the gap between the forms. That's what would form the skin. You would take the outer form apart after several hours, and then you would actually chip the inner form away, and you would have a hollow statue. Yep. But what you see here, when it falls apart, there is no inner form standing, which means that that would have been an entirely solid golden statue, which they would not have built because one, that would be too, way too heavy, but two, because of the way that metal uh, shrinks when it compresses, it would have gotten deformed. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, in antiquity, they were masters of <laughs> casting and they would never have cast something this big in a single pour. They would have cast it in individual pieces and assembled them together. Like, hey, look, the Statue of Liberty. Granted, that wasn't cast; that was hammered. But regardless, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, love, I love the fact this movie is a dumpster fire of like horse. Like it's just like there's so much stuff that's wrong with this movie. Like I, it's like that. It just piles on. I think, so much stuff that's wrong with this movie. I think though that we can't complain too much about like the 
uh, inaccuracy of the statue mold, we can just complain about the fact that that was even there. Oh, God. Well, but, I mean, this is what I'm saying. It, it is objectively a stupid thing. Yeah. yeah it's it not is. even it's a stupid so I'm saying it's not even a stupid thing within the context of The Hobbit, inventing this for whatever reason. It is objectively stupid. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's super, it's super, super dumb. And then the movie, ha this movie has no ending. Yeah. It just decides it's going to stop going. It ends, however, with, so Bilbo is watching the dragon fly away towards Lake Town, and he has this, you know, horrified line, what have we done? You saw it in theaters. Yes. So, was there, like, a reaction to that movie when it ended, or people just kind of like, um, uh, okay? I don't remember that one as much. Um, I, like, I don't remember the, the audience reaction to that. I think also I was fuming at the time, so I don't think that I could even comprehend what other people around me were saying. The thing, the only like end of a movie that I remember that people were saying things was like, so at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, oh yeah, uh, I, really there fresh. was yeah, there was a person sitting kind of behind me and was like, well, that's a weird ending for a movie, and I was <laughs> like, it's not over, there's two more. <laughs> but, but yeah, but no, the I don't even remember. I just know that me at the end of this movie, I was frustrated and completely done having any hope. And as somebody who had movies. not like who has not read The Hobbit, who had at this time only watched Lord of the Rings movies, it's still it's the, still the thing. I represent the person who had only seen Lord of the Rings before this, mm -hmm. and even then I was like, this is some dumb stuff. Yeah. And when it ended, I was like, for the first time in this entire franchise, I was like, that's it? Really? Mm -hmm. You're leaving me there? And so it was like my, my biggest complaint forever. So like an entire year, I sat there going, okay, all right, seriously, that's where it ended. And I was mm -hmm. so angry and annoyed that that's where that ends. And I was like, well, maybe the beginning of the next one will be awesome. Mm -hmm. No, it's just <laughs> they supplanted the ending to this movie and put it at the beginning of that one for reasons. I mean... <sighs> Again, I find myself like, I mean, we're wailing on this movie, and we should be. It's This movie fails. Um, again, there were, like, what, two moments in this movie that I, that I feel that were, that's the mark that I wanted it to make. Um, and uh, and, and their emotional, you know, characterization moments. Um, and what else? Well, okay, so meanwhile, while all of this crap is going on in the mountain, Orcs are attacking Lake Town for no reason. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Them. Oh, that's right. Legolas and Tariel are there, and Tariel is healing Keeley, mm -hmm. and they look at each other. Oh, yeah, and this moment. Everything like fades. It gets like really white and bright, and they're like. <laughs> Meanwhile, Legolas. <laughs> Legolas is is in the X Games. Yeah, and yeah. he he pushes an orc out of a second story window, which falls into a boat. He then pushes a second orc who falls into the boat, which turns into a seesaw, because that's what happens when And so you're like, that's goofy. Yeah. That's some goofy and then stuff. So, uh, the orc gets thrown up into the air, and then Legolas cuts the head off. The body falls, and the head stays on Legolas's knives. Yeah. And for a moment there, I was like, like when you watch that scene, you're like, oh, this is goofy. And then he cuts off his head, like, oh, it's not goofy and anymore. No, it's not goofy. It, I and mean, then there's this burly, like, wrestler dwarf who... He and Legolas start grappling, and he almost bites Legolas's neck. Oh, you mean orc, orc? Yeah. Oh, there's just that random orc. Okay, the the thing about this movie too is again they injected an orc out of nowhere. Yeah. Who's like the son of? I actually I have no idea what know. connection he has to that white that white orc who's I, been following this entire movie series. I feel like he's supposed to be like the second in, t in command to Azog the Defiler. Um, 
And he just shows up, and then there's like the scene where him and Legolas fighting, and you literally have a scene where a character made up for those movies, and a character who doesn't belong in this movie, are having this fight scene, and you're just, I'm just sitting there going, I am so bored, I don't know what's yeah, going I mean, on, there's no stakes let's, to this. Let's make a movie out of the New Testament, <laughs> and have a scene where Moses and Captain Picard are fighting. <laughs> that is the equivalent of what is happening here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's about right. Yeah, it... That's the, that's the ultimate issue. A lot of just things happen to me where I'm just like going, what is happening? Yeah. What what does this have to do with anything? And and it's and that was just represented at full stop in that scene where it's just like, why are they fighting? Why are they fighting? Why are the orcs why are the orcs at Lake Town instead of at um, the Lonely Mountain? Why are they even bothering with Lake Town? Like, why aren't they going to Lake Town? Or, like, why are they going to the Lonely Mountain? Isn't that the reason why they're doing this? Why are, why are the orcs even going to the Lonely Mountain? Why is Smog referencing Sauron? Why is anything in this movie happening? Why is anything, I mean, to why, be honest? Why do you have them saying the Arkenstone so much? Why are they directly referencing Silmarils? What is... Uh, yeah. I mean... Ugh, I feel like I hate this movie more having read the book now. Yeah, yeah, don't... I mean, yeah. I just kind of mildly didn't like it. It's ruined... It's ruined everything. Everything is ruined. <laughs> Whatever, I, I mean... I, yeah. I feel like in a few years we'll just forget about this stuff and it's just not going to... Well, I, you know, again, I have no desire to watch... Which I mean, makes me... Again, makes me so sad. I have no desire to watch these movies again. This, You know, I grew up on this oh, book. Man. This book is my childhood book, and I have no desire to we're watch so, this movie. We're so much more negative on this one because it's such a bad because movie. Because it was bad. I mean, it's a bad movie. It is a, it's a bad movie. Yeah. It, it was a, bad It and... is an objectively bad movie. Like, it's bad storytelling. It mm -hmm. rambles along. It has no... It's You're just so bored watching it. The I was only, checking the time constantly. Right? The only things that I liked are when there are moments that are so brilliantly acted by some of the cast yeah. um, and, and when there are moments of actual heart injected into this and not some stupid love triangle that's injected yeah. trying to force some kind of heart that's not what the heart is the heart I, is Bilbo helping the dwarves regain their home I like I like Balin Balin is the only dwarf yeah. who feels like he actually has a character mm -hmm. and there's this nice cute little moment where Glowin's possessions get seized, and they're looking at what is essentially a locket with hand-drawn pictures in it. And he's like, oh, that's my son Gimli. Oh, that yeah. is a nice touch. That is a nice touch. That's yeah. how you do that prequely stuff, mm -hmm. I, I feel like, is more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just in there giving texture to the world yeah. rather than... Because I feel like I feel like most of what this movie is coming down to is we're giving you backstory for every... Like, we're, we're making the world feel denser. And reality is just making it feel... It's like lessening the world in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like... Yeah. So, that... Those are our grievances on The Harbit Part 2. The Desolation of Smog. And I, I, for one, can't wait to get back to reading the book. Yeah. 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 All 20% um, left of it. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me the book with that delightful narrator. Because we don't have it on screen. Uh, we still got one more movie left, too. We do. We'll and I, I swear, you, yay! So, yeah, tell us, tell us how you feel about the Hobbit: colon, The Desolation of Smaug, because clearly we hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. We have been talking Tolkien.
and you can find us on the internets at TalkingTolkien.com. We are Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, and iTunes. And Patreon if you want to give and some Patreon, money. And Patreon if you'd like to throw a dollar to our way. Um, All links are down else? below. You can email us, the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. All of the email. I'm pointing the links. Okay, all of the emails and links will be right here. They're going to be in the under our faces. Right. <laughs> We're going to like magically <laughs> make buttons in front of our faces to no. just random garbage. No. Okay, click the button that's going to appear. Elephant playing with a ribbon. There's going to be no button there. <laughs> oh yeah, and watch this video of an elephant playing with a ribbon. We're going to link to it because yeah. this cheered us up after we it, watched the movie. It made us happy after we were sad. So we'll be back next week. I'm Katie. I'm John. And I'm Chase. And I know what these two are about to watch pretty soon.